2: Quite the morning, talking plenty of NBA hoops. First-round action continues. Draymond Green has been suspended. He won't play in Game 3, and Golden State already in an 0-2 hole. Suns, Cavaliers, and Celtics all winners last night. Tonight, there are three NBA games. Ty will give us his professional gambler's picks on those before the end of this hour.
0: And I'll say this to to the Blitzers, and and I, I believe this is true. I know you don't believe this, but more of us and less of you is a good thing. And I know... 99% Ninety-nine percent of you will disagree, but it really is true. Just think about it. More of us is a lot better See, than people, a little bit of you.
2: That's why we were great to talk. It was great to talk to uh, Charlie Wilson earlier this morning, telling the history of the legends of golf at Onion Creek, our golf course of the month. And these people tour. have history, don't they? Well, the history of the Blitz is we were a call-in talk show, and the calls were so bad. <laughs> oh my god. That we decided to remember, there was a time this show at another radio station took on callers, was a five hour radio extravaganza. Wow, we, would we go had to from, take calls. We would go from six in the morning until 11 in the morning, all the way to the uh, the Jim Rome show mm-hmm. at the time. And um, you know, and, and so Jim Rome is a key figure in our show's development. Because Absolutely, the only reason we had a show to start with was we needed they needed to fill an hour in the afternoon at that station between. Two o'clock, and when Jim Rome's show ended and the Craig Way and Bill Shoning show. So, you and I got that wedge job, and it grew. You got and the
0: wedgie time. Then I said, Who's it? was it? an
2: hour? Yeah, it's an hour.
0: Only. <laughs> it's only an hour. Thank goodness, only an hour. And an hour. Yeah,
2: so we filled the hour, then it was two, then it was three, then the ratings were good. So, they said, well, Why don't you put these knuckleheads in the morning? Then it was five. And so, we took calls, and the calls were so awful.
0: Guess. Can you imagine the calls? At 6 600. He, he's not here. I always say, well, he's not here today. We're going to take calls. And we never take we have. calls. We have. We did take a couple. Like, I think one they'd time. be
2: better now because I do think Austin's a very smart city. Oh, you mean the same Blitzers? Very Some intelligent, have passed away or Some savvy <laughs> city. But, you know, they've I, moved on. But here's the, here's the fact of sports talk radio most smart people will never call a sports talk radio show. They just won't. It's just not something they think about. No. They'll you listen. people,
0: you people, they'll listen and they won't tell anybody they're actually listening.
2: No, I shouldn't say smart. There's plenty of smart people to call our blitz. Think
0: about that again. I'm just talking about you highly can't...
2: intelligent people. That... Okay,
0: that's good. Highly intelligent people.
2: <laughs> so at some point, Ty, we said, you know what? These calls are just derailing a good conversation, <laughs> and they're adding nothing to our show. Because that's what you want from a caller. It needs to be additive. You know, it needs to add to the show, push the conversation forward, not derail the conversation. So we said, you know, what if we just did this like one segment blitz thing where we remember there was a time we did two blitzes?
0: Oh, we did a start and then at because the end. Because it was
2: five hours long. We would that's do it, right. and for sponsorship purposes, we did like an eight fifty blitz like we do it now, and we did a a ten fifty blitz on our way to the gym room. Maybe program. we should
0: start that again. No. for Six fifty blitz? No, oh, can you imagine early what riser that, blitz? Can you can you imagine what the early riser blitz would be like? Not good. No. No, no, yeah, so you're right. It would not
2: be. It's become like our current state of politics. It's just our, our it blitz has become negative and 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 attacking and vicious.
0: Yeah, it's not like like a commercial we do where the lady says, "I love you guys." Which I mean, mean we, that's what we need more of. I love you guys. More of that. More of that. You type it in, but you really don't mean it. You need do, to. Well, you know, to get in a blitz. You know and Well, say here's it. what we love. We love that that you make us a
2: habit. On your morning routine. Absolutely, And uh, we appreciate that very much. That's the only reason we've been able to stay around for 24 years is people make it a habit and they listen to our show and uh, whether it's for a little bit or a lot, we can't thank you enough for that uh, because that's the only way you keep a job in this business is to have people make it a habit. And Chad (laughs)
0: did the afternoon blitz? They tried. Yeah, when Chad,
2: yeah, Chad at one point tried to do an afternoon blitz. He and the guy who had the paper route. (laughs) I don't really get that from Chad because it's such a bad segment and it's like, why would you want to copy that one? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really? Coffee had another one, but no, they they like the idea. And look, we, c- calls are, you know, what? Remember because, and then the specs text line came along, and that's a good thing. We can just read really because we'll read the uh, there are interesting comment because uh, it's we, not my favorite. Well, you, you get your feelings hurt.
0: Yeah, I know. They and people, because, people it, uh, try
2: to hurt you too. Well, on the on the text because they're keyboard gangsters. Yeah, they,
0: no, they really I don't understand people on text messages. Why do you try to hurt people? What is the deal about that? Is that the keyboard gangster image? Well, that's
2: why you got off social media. Yes, it is. That's why you also don't go to message boards. Nope. Yeah, because people will, will be more aggressive and say meaner things. And, and they'll see
0: you in person. They'll put their arm around you. Yeah.
2: And they're like, I'm like, yeah, come that's on. That's true. That's 100% true. But but the text line. I mean, Valerie K does love you guys. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Valerie. The number of texts we get that we don't read outnumbers the number of texts that we do read probably 10 to 1. So we can pick and, instead of taking bad calls and one of the calls is good, we can take a text message. And we do appreciate the text, by the way, at 337-3776. We get to pick through the good ones and the bad ones and use the ones that make a different point than we're making or make a counterpoint and a good argument or say something funny. And that's, that's adding to the show. So thank you for doing that on the Specs text line. And then we give you the blitz. And today you forgot, I guess. I don't know. You just decided not to call. Yeah, it was. It's at the same time because like, as we went to break, the phones lines lit up. It's like, what the heck? Everybody's clock is. A I missed it. He late. says
0: some some clown at his office is now doing Zoom calls at the Blitz time, so he's not very happy about that. Oh, no, no Zoom calls at that time, please. All right. Well, we're gonna at some point we'll get into the
2: ESPN football power index, but we don't have time right at this second. Ditch
0: but the Blitz. I would say the Longhorns
2: are fifth in the ESPN football power index, behind. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. And as we said earlier, the FPI is a season-long rating and projection system. It relies on past performance, offense and defense, returning transfer production, past recruiting data for players on the roster from the rating, and they use those ratings to simulate 20,000 times the season. And that's what comes out with the football FPI. Ohio State 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3, LSU 4, Texas 5, just ahead of Michigan, which, interesting. Very well, it is. Hey, can we go to the uh, Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline? Normally on Tuesdays, we visit with our skipper Ty Harrington and talk college baseball. But since the Longhorns are playing tonight, we said, "Hey, Ty, let's, we're going to talk to Quan Cosby today. We're going to bring you to tomorrow to preview the Longhorns game with Abilene Christian." And he said he would do that, and there he is. Hello, Ty. How are you, Bud?
3: Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all?
0: We are doing fantastic, Coach. And we'd like for you to be calling the Blitz more often. No, than no, you don't, do. don't
3: ever
2: do that. He's too smart for that. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, I, hey, I gotta be honest with you. If I'm gonna get subbed out on Tuesday morning, I, I'd, I'd rather it be Quan Cosby than anybody else. There you go. I was from the same area, so right. And so Make I wake said, I see. I. Yeah, that's right. I said, I see. How I got kicked off by Quan Cosby, so I'm all right with that.
2: Yeah, he also is a ball player. He played baseball and football, so uh, and from Waco, Texas, or that area, the two one four, so I know you're a, a big fan. Hey Ty, the uh speaking of big fans, how about the 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 run that Texas State is on? They they split with Texas last week, so they got a big ranked win here in Austin last Tuesday. Swept Marshall this weekend, and how about the win last night for them down in San Antonio? Uh Steve Trout's team getting that win five to three over the Roadrunners, who had entered the rankings at number 25. So, a uh, great uh, win, and it feels like that team is hitting its stride at the right time.
3: They are. Um, and, you know, if you go back and listen to, to Coach Trout earlier last week, and then uh, and in one of our interviews with him prior to the Marshall series was, he made a comment that he felt like they were about to play their best baseball. They hadn't yet. They've got their bullpen figured out. They moved Medrano into the bullpen, and he has been unbelievable for them. And then so the pitching, which was going to be their strength going into the season, is now starting to perform, and the pieces and where they want them to perform best are starting to come forward for them. And you saw it again last night, and Peyton Zabel was really good. Uh, I think he punched out five and three. And and then uh, Cameron Bush, again, was really good. Cameron Bush was good last weekend and uh, again against Texas as well. And so he's starting to really make a charge on the mound for him and solidify, you know, a multi, another multi-use person for them uh, so that they don't, you know, ride one guy on the, on the, in the middle or the back. They're able to have multiple guys and they're able to piece those games together better now. So uh, they're getting unreal pitching. They're playing better defense. Um, and I think when you look at, what they have to capture rpi wise they're in a really good spot right now Um, having gone back to the texas game last tuesday then with marshall they had to win all three of those because of the rpi and then to go out and beat utsa and then they've got some huge games on the road starting with troy this weekend and then on the road again to old dominion the next weekend so they've got a lot of tough games ahead of them but i I think they're really – and I think if, if Coach Schott was on here right now with us, he would tell you the same thing. They're starting to really get into a good spot on the mound and really starting to, to move forward with our offense as well.
2: Coach Ty Harrington with us. you yeah, got Texas State on the road this weekend. Texas, of course, will be at home tonight and then through the weekend with Oklahoma – and we'll talk about the Sooners coming up, Coach, because they're sitting in last place with Skip Johnson at four and eight in the Big Twelve. But you know what? What Skip's going to bring into town. But uh, talk, speaking of uh, in a good place on the mound, Longhorns beat Baylor two out of three last weekend. But I'm sure you've been a part of series like this where the pitching just—I'm not sure what happened. You know, they won the game on Friday night, uh, but even in Friday night they were up eleven to three, and Baylor scored six runs in the ninth inning to make it—you know—a nail biter at the end. And then we know the Longhorns had a four-run lead in the ninth inning on on Saturday, and they end up losing that game in a walk-off, ten to nine. You know, seven to six on uh, on Sunday with the nail biter, and twenty-six walks on the weekend, six hit batters for the Texas pitching staff. How do you how do you assess that, and then how do you try to try to try to fix it when you get back to Austin on Monday?
3: Well, I think what you could backtrack a little bit to. They played five games in five days. And, again, I'm not making excuses. That's just the way it had to happen to get all the games in. And what you miss in that moment um, of playing nonstop, number one, your your college athletes aren't used to playing that many games in a row till tournament time. Um, But the reality was you don't get any practice time inside those five days in those five games where guys get a chance to catch their breath, catch their minds a little bit. Coaches get a chance to go spend time with you, you know, in practice sessions, working on continually, you know, improving something with each individual. So I think that, that had a little bit to do with it as well. And then sometimes college baseball just happens. I mean, it just does. And I will say this for, you know, the Saturday game where they got beaten, they had a lead, and they, you know, uh, Baylor walks it off in an unusual fashion. I, I look for Texas to come back on Sunday. And win that game, to me, shows a tremendous amount of confidence and com- really, truly competitiveness from a group that you could have given it up right there and then not really been starting to show, you know, man, we've got to really fix a bunch of things and or cost you an opportunity to win a regular season championship. Now, this we're halfway there, I think, in, uh, in, in the Big 12 and certainly in all the most of the conferences, but... That could have been really a, a tough, tough loss. When you lose a game, you don't want it to become a double loss. And, you know, every once in a while you just mark it off, hey, we got beat the game, that way it works out. Sometimes people have bad days. I don't care what level you are, that does happen. But for them to bounce back on Sunday and find a way. Again, you, you'll hear me say this often enough, and people probably get tired of it. You only have to win by one. That's it. Yeah. You don't have to win by three. You don't have to win by five. You have to win by one. And and certainly on the road, it's always tougher. And, and Waco's always been a tough place for Texas to go and play uh, as well. And so I thought they showed tremendous resiliency. Zay Morehouse will get it going again. It's too good an arm, too good a talent. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they've got a lead tonight. He, he's back out there uh, tonight against Evelyn Christian, who's a pretty good hitting club. I think they're hitting 300, uh coming into tonight's game. Um, pitching probably is their – Achilles a little bit at times let's you know just sub 6 ERA you know going in tonight so you could look for if you were going to roll it out on paper you would say it's going to be a pretty offensive game tonight possibly um and so uh, and then Mitchell go to the mound, for Texas I, again, you guys saw him, and I think that young man's a you know a really good talented young arm um and if he goes after the night and throws really aggressive like he did the other night,, well, it' be a huge shot in the arm for your team moving forward on the mound
0: so in other words coach your your defense still can't waver. it has to be there when you're when people are scoring runs and you're giving up freebies because there were a lot of runs scored last week, no matter what. I mean, even if you put them on for free, you know you put guys on base, your defense still has to be there. so your defense can't take a night off.
3: Can't you know, Bucky, that's an, that's a perfect point. But Texas has gone from a, probably a nine a late nine sixty eight nine sixty seven fielding percentage team early in the year back up, pushing to where they were a year ago mm-hmm. at nine eighty five where they were number one in the country. and now they're back at night, just maybe nine seventy nine nine eighty. And you don't – the free pass is obviously something they're going to – I am I know for a fact I'm sure they went to work on, discussed, and it will be a point of emphasis tonight in the game. But if you don't give up those infield errors and those defensive errors from the outfield on a, on a certain throw, whatever it may be, not only does it extend to any, but when you start making those defensive errors out in the outfield particularly, it's not just a base you give up. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes two and then oftentimes it's the game. Throughout all of that was going on, on in Waco and, and, you know, the the back end, you know, they were scoring runs. beta was scoring runs late, and Texas was trying to hold on. Their defense stood tall and stood in the game and played really well. Uh, and, Bucky, it's a great point. It probably was the difference between them winning two out of three and not. Ty
2: Harrington is with us, uh, talking college baseball, uh, Longhorns and uh, the big picture. Now, the reports, I, I didn't get to see any of these games, Coach, in, in Waco, but the reports were the Baylor uh, batters were standing right on top of the plate, kind of daring the uh, Longhorns to pitch inside and, and, you know, trying to hang out there. And it did that kind of led to some of the struggles, especially for the back end. Uh, you know, that's a strategy. You know, Baylor not a very good team, and they're trying to get every advantage they can. But to see Texas struggle with, with all the hit batters and the walks, which there's no defense against a free pass, as Buck said, you you got to think that teams like Oklahoma and others may may try some of that as well. When you when you scout it, how do you how do you battle with that with your pitching coach and and your players to still be able to pitch the guys if they're climbing up on top of that plate?
3: Well, you just have to adjust. I mean, again, college baseball for the most part is thrown on the outer half of the plate, and uh, I and mean, you get into big moments whether it's breakers or whether it's you know fastballs. The majority of baseball and collegiately is thrown out there, and so you have to be able to still adjust to you know, with their presence and, and you know, a stature of where they are in the box and what they're trying to do, but then also maintain your game plan and execution. And one of the things for right handed pitchers that they have to be able to do, left handed pitchers, they do it often enough. That's on the you know on right handed hitters that, that, that pitch that's on the outer half, the first base side of the plate. Um you have to be able to go extension side and still get it out there and execute those pitches. The hard part becomes when they get when they start putting their ends of their shoes on the box. Or on the white line is is being able to go to the inner half of it and use your ninety plus fastball on the inner half, and so you still got to be able to execute underneath right-handed hitters um, on that side of the plate, and uh, and I think that's something that now you know they've got a chance to go back and look at video, they've got chances to go back and look execution wise. Now you've got an opportunity to go set up you know, those box dummies that you can put in the box uh, for the pitchers when they're throwing their bullpens. They set. You know these these people in there, not real people, and um, like blocking dummies, and they can set them up in there and still learn how to throw up underneath a right-handed hitter's elbow, which is right underneath the inner half of the plate if you're standing so close to it. And so um, there, there's a lot of teams that have played that way that you know want their hitters up on the plate, um, taking whatever it gives and creating some commotion. But in the same breath, you found it now. Now you got a chance to you know, go back and look at what happened and uh, learn how to execute it in the right way and, and make the adjustment moving forward.
2: Yeah, this text will say you throw 96 on their hands until they back up. Well, I mean, that's the thing of coaching college pitchers. I mean, professionals do that, and they still can struggle with it. These are amateur pitchers still. They're still trying to learn to be able to locate that fastball, and if they hit a couple of guys and six-hit batters last weekend, now all of a sudden you're, you're a little less reticent to go in there. Uh, they'll have to deal with that. What about Oklahoma, Coach? You know Skip Johnson very well. You grew up – You know, coaching junior college with him and uh, know his teams. He was in Omaha a year ago. This team not as good. They're four and eight in the Big Twelve. What do you uh, What do you like about Texas's chances this weekend against the Sooners?
3: Well, it's going to come down to how how well you know they perform on the mound. But I'll I'll back up and I think you know Skip them going to the championship game a year ago, um, and obviously most people, most listeners will recognize Skip's name from when he was the pitching coach here at Texas too at Augie as well. But um You know, it shows you they go from the championship game um, from a year ago to you know four and eight in the big twelve right now with and, and again they're they're still a good baseball team and they 're going to bring in a lot of good talented baseball players um, and obviously you, you always expect that a skip Johnson team is going to come in and pitch good, but it shows you how hard it is once you get to you know putting together those really older qualified teams to get you to Omaha to play at that level. And then to come back the next year and have to replace all those pieces. It shows you how challenging it is and how hard it can be. And just, you know, there is some parity out in college baseball because you have programs now, so many of them, that are participating at a high level, resourcefully, and doing all the above. Go back to Mississippi State. They won the national championship, and then the next year, not even in the regional, and have been battling ever since to try to get back to where they were two years ago. And so I, I think when you start looking at programs that repeat, you know, multiple years going to Omaha, you're starting to see the body of a work of a program that's in a good spot and, and, and being able to uh, recruit and do different things uh, the right way. And for a Skip Johnson team, a year ago, if you go back and look at the pattern of their wins – They started out tough and rough. I mean, they didn't play great early. Um, Offensively, they were trying to define themselves. They love to run the bases. They love to create stolen base opportunities. Uh, And the secret to trying to hold their offense down is to keep their leadoff guy on and then also protect your runners with two outs, meaning they're going to still try to get out and run with two outs, even with guys that are, you know, just okay base stealers for them. But they do like to create some habit uh, on the bases as well. So – I, look, it's going to be a fun series. It's always OU in Texas. You, again, if it's playing dominoes, those two teams are going to get after it and those two programs uh, in any sport are going to uh, love the, com- the competition side of it. So it's going to be an exciting, fun weekend.
2: Yeah, Longhorns five at home. Abilene Christian tonight, and then three with uh, Oklahoma. Chance to, to increase their lead in the Big Twelve with three home games against the last place team, and then Prairie uh, Texas. Uh, what is it? Texas Southern next week for the Longhorns rolling in here. So uh, that's ahead of a big series at TCU the following weekend. So the Longhorns need to take advantage of these five ball games sitting in first place at eight and four. Coach, thanks so much. Always appreciate the visit and look forward to uh, some great college baseball this weekend. Are you on any of the Longhorn games tonight or this weekend?
3: Yep, yeah, I'm there on tonight with Craig Way and then um, return on Sunday cool. um, for the, the last game of the OU series. And so I always enjoy working with Craig and, and doing the Texas games. And uh, so I'll, I'll look forward to, uh, to for particularly tonight since it's the next one and, uh, and then get ready for the weekend when it gets here. But, gentlemen, I always enjoy visiting with you guys and i look forward to it next week. I'll be sure to tell Quan Cosby to stay off – We'll flip a coin to see who gets to go next Tuesday. Thank you. Uh, in the, in, the, in the You're
0: the best. Thank you, Ty. Thanks, Ty. Appreciate All it. right,
2: gentlemen. Thank you, guys. All right, Ty Harrington, who's here tonight with Craig on the call, 630-615 pregame, Texas NACU. We'll come back. It's a Wednesday. That means Nick Shuley will drop in uh, with the live music update. Also, some thoughts on the uh, Texas situation. Nick, of course, working closely with that Clark Field Cooperative and the Texas One Fund. We'll get the very latest there. It's B&E with you.
3: It's Bucky say, and Aaron. Say, say what
0: you want, but don't play games with my affection. take, take,
2: take what There it mean, is. There it is. Paul McCartney getting credit for his first ever dance number one single, or top 10, ten single. That is a remix of the 83 song Say, Say, Say. Michael Jackson, Paul Something McCartney. in
0: the 80s, it sucks now. does <laughs> suck. Come on, man.
2: Now it's a dance hit for Paul McCartney and the late Michael Jackson. Uh, All right, that means it's time for our live music update. And look who's here. He is Nick Shuley. He is our live music contributor uh, with over 20 years of experience with high-profile bands. Of course, currently serves as the president for the Austin Music movement. I don't know if we've ever gotten your uh, your intel nick on what the Austin Music Movement is all about. It's trying to keep Austin the live music capital of the world, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's it's a great cause that uh we started. It was uh, Gary Keller and myself and it is the hardest thing to explain to family members and and other people what I do, but so we, uh, we work to keep Austin a music town is really the goal of what we do. And, and so we'll raise funds for all the music-related nonprofits in Austin. We lobby at the city, state, and fed for musicians, venues, cultural districts, and things like that. And then we'll work with the governor's office to bring for-profit music business to Austin. Like We brought, we help bring BMI here and some other great things oh, that cool. help musicians. Well, that's a great thing. And so Nick Shuly is uh, uh,
2: doing a great job with us on Wednesdays now. And you, uh, we talked last week, and I, you don't know this, Buck, but he, he has a girlfriend. <laughs> who they were Good going? For to, you. They were going on a trip to Disney. Okay, she'd never been. And Nick tells me this. He says, "Well, she doesn't like to get up early. She doesn't like lines, and she doesn't uh, she doesn't spot. She, she
1: doesn't love walking around all day either." Wrong place. I'm like, "What are y'all doing?" I was no, like, really? Yeah, my, my friends were calling it the uh the relationship gauntlet.
2: <laughs> if we can survive this, how did it go? It so went like you and I went
0: to Disney. I just went to Small World. I sat in a little boat there, and I kept going around and around. I went around while my other kids were trying to the other lines, I sat in there and then we'd come to the end. I'm like, no, no, I'm going again. I'm, I'm here. I that heard that song ritual. like fifteen times like,
1: in a row. That sounds like torture.
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh, it, oh, that song was and those little pop ups in that in that deal. Ugh. But I wouldn't get in the line. That was torture for yeah, me to get oh, in the line.
1: It is. It is. A lot. She was a trooper though. And everything went well, and she had a good birthday. And it was, you know, she she always wanted to go. Winner, winner, chicken
2: dinner. Nice <laughs> job. You survived the gauntlet. Yeah. Uh, now this, before we get to your live music picks, and let me tell you, folks, if you want to see some live music this weekend, Nick has come in with uh, three pairs of giveaways. Uh, two for a, four spots at a taping for ACL TV coming up this Monday, and a show over at uh, at Saxon Pub, which we'll get you some tickets for coming up. We appreciate Nick doing that. I want you to get out and see these live shows that we promote and tell you about. But you're going to uh, hang out with Bo Jackson this weekend. Yeah, that's right. A cool I, story. I,
1: yeah, he's uh, he's a really awesome guy. I kind of uh, I started working with him way back in the day when I worked with Lance. He wanted to put on a uh, Lance Armstrong. He wanted to put on a charitable bike ride to raise funds for Building tornado shelters in in Alabama just because the the funds weren't there from the you know the the state level and so uh, Bo wanted to to figure out how to help that. And They've so had he's, a few monster uh, tornadoes every year. Every year yes. before I'm about to head out there, I just see some headline of you know something like that. But yeah. he's raised uh, you know over I think over a million something for building a lot so of shelters. So He does shelters. a bike ride. Yeah, he does a bike ride, and it's cool. It, it some years we've had. Ken Griffey Jr. We've had Scottie Pippen. We we have a lot of lot of cool people come out this year. I think uh, Lance is going to be there. Um, he usually has I think Andre Harold, the actor, and some some other folks come out. It's a, it's a, it's a cool deal. I love that. And uh, one of these days when Bo's in town, we'll have to have him in here and talk to him because Bucky, you played
2: against Bo Jackson at Boston a College I in the a, Bolgum. A, you I were was, a coach.
0: I was coaching at that time at uh, BC, and you got yes. to see
1: Pat die and Pat uh, Dye, Lionel Little, Train James with Bo. Was he impressive in person playing? I never got to see him play. He was a
0: big – I thought Ricky was big. No. He's, he's still Jackson a big is dude. is a big – he's a big cat. But he was like – he was – you know, we'd have grown-up events, and Bo Jackson would be at where the coaches and the coaches' kids were. He wouldn't leave Pat Dye – Pat Dye <laughs> didn't let Bo Jackson leave his side. He no, was like he, his kid. He
1: loved Coach Dye. Like, Coach Dye was his – they they were they were inseparable.
0: Inseparable, man. At, at the at the bowl, he, our, our kids were – you know, our players. No Doug Flutie because Doug Flutie was on that team to beat Bo Jackson oh, wow. at that year. At and Doug Flutie wasn't going anywhere with us, <laughs> but Bo Jackson was with with Coach Dye everywhere. Yeah, and he was awesome. a nice young man. Then I mean he was special. He's such that.
1: a loyal guy. Everything everything he does now is charitable. It's he's he's one of the most impressive humans I've ever. Yeah, had. but
0: being around him and being around Ricky. He's bigger than Ricky. He was like oh Jackson. Well,
1: he's six taller. He's six one and he's two thirty. And uh, the
2: legend at, at Auburn was what he ran like a four two forty at one point. Oh yeah, in a practice at two hundred and thirty pounds, and he could have been if he stays healthy, the greatest baseball player among the greatest baseball players ever, and certainly football. Uh, the running back career derailed with the with the uh, the hip injury. But Nick
1: Shuley is with us. He'll be where do they where do they host that in Alabama? uh it's it's actually in auburn so we do it we do it right downtown mm. and it kind of stages right right by the stadium there so it's it's a cool deal a neat neat little town and it's uh it's fun to get out there and, and do that and he's he's just fun to hang out with he's he's always got some awesome. anecdote or quip look look right look uh look forward to meeting him at some
2: point through you that'd be awesome for sure all right let's talk some live music you get people out to these shows you, you uh you have your favorite show recommendations this weekend uh, boy, we're coming off a weekend where we had that two-stepping in <clears throat> festival at Georgetown, which I heard was just a blast for two days out there, huge crowds for Zach Bryan and uh, Tyler Childers, and it rolls right into this weekend. Where do you where are you sending folks?
1: Uh, yeah, so so people hopefully got their country fixed last week, but we've got we've got one in here. But uh, the the first one you also go check out is Masego at Stubbs on Sunday, and it's it's super soulful. Chilled out, just really, really, really worth the time. And uh, Masego, M A S
2: E G O, if you're looking for them, they're at Stubbs Sunday the 23rd. Uh, so kind of a soul band, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very laid back, but but very, very good singer and just just super chill. And then, uh, so I got number two, I got a little more country for folks, Sunny Sweeney. If you haven't seen her, she's she's uh she's local and I think she lives here, but uh, she's playing the Saxon pub on uh, Friday. Friday. And she's fantastic, and we'll have a couple of passes to give away from the, the good folks at the Saxon Pub for that one. And then number three on here is the, the upcoming ACL live taping, uh, and that one's on Monday, and it's with a band called Muna. And we will actually have some some to give away for that as well. Muna, M-U-N-A for Muna. Yeah. It's uh, Out of ca- Los Angeles, California. Yeah, indie rock. Uh, then, then also another another indie rock band at number four, the New por- Pornographers are playing the Paramount Theater on uh, Tuesday. And then this, this one's my personal favorite but might not appeal to everyone. The uh, No Effects Campout at Carson Creek Ranch. And it is basically every punk band I listened to in the you know, late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. It's got Face to Face, Pennywise, No Effects, a bunch of other ones. It should be should be a fun and time. And it's a campout. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how they're getting a bunch of punks to camp out, but it'll be interesting. I, uh... I think
2: Ty would do a campout concert. Ty, have you ever done a campout concert? I have in Illinois last summer, two
1: summers ago. Was it How was that? <laughs> it was an EDM slash jam band festival. It was the smell of the
0: sheep. <laughs> it was the smell of the sheep
2: at And night. it was...
1: It was raunchy. Uh, I thought it was pretty Did
2: all the attendees smell like sheep at the end of it, or what? Man. I was in the VIP camping section, (laughs) but you had to walk through the the forest where
1: all all the regular people were, and then everyone was naked and rolling around. It was... Yeah. Was people yeah. That's a, that's what the end of the world looks like when you go through those parts of music festivals. <laughs> oh no, and people had like full
2: on shops set up, like selling like stones or a bunch of illegal stuff. I don't like it was it was wild. It was an eye opening experience. Two nights? It was
1: you know we were there for four days. <laughs> oh up, like, my God, in man. Illinois cool. in the summer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds like the way Aqua Fest used to be.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a trooper, tie. yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, I, I guess I got my my first hate mail last week about uh, not, not talking about uh, widespread panic playing, but uh, it is a big week for if you're a kind of jam band that scene uh, fan. So, widespread's playing April 18th, 19th, 21st, and 22nd at ACL Live. So, shout out to all those fans, and then another one, Umphries McGee is at Stubbs on uh, April 20th. Uh, STS-9 is playing Concourse Project uh, April 20th through 22nd. And Galactic's playing the Empire Control Room on the 23rd. So there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff if you're a jam band fan. Is it it bad that I fell asleep at Widespread Panic? (laughs) They (laughs) They jam, man. I'm not going to make any comments on that because I already got hate for not announcing it. (laughs) The jam band crowd, they're serious. They are. are. They're Well, and I see this
2: on your notes here that uh, coming up on the 26th, which is next week, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival is coming to town, which we'll talk more about next week. But if you love, you're not a music guy, but you love the comedy scene, this mm-hmm. thing's really blown up. Yeah, yeah it's, it's
1: actually going on right now. I think it started the 12th, but it ends, it'll end the 26th. But it's at Paramount, Stateside, and Jim Ritz and the folks at the Paramount are awesome and started that festival. And it's turned into one of the biggest. I think they got... Seth Meyers is there, wow. ben, ben Schwartz, and a few other They've got a ton well, of really now, good comedians. And
2: didn't uh, Joe Rogan just open a new comedy club, right? Is yeah. That, that's online, and that's uh, going well. So, yeah, the comedy scene in Austin, guys like Rogan and others really pushing that. Uh, and Trey Ellingbach, Trey Elling, pushing the comedy scene. It's, oh, yeah, he's, he a, he's a funny one. <laughs> our former colleague who's does a great job with that. Uh, that's uh, Nick Shirley. Those are his picks. We're going to give away those passes coming up. We'll give away two pairs of tickets to the taping at, to see MUNA on Monday. Uh, I'll say this. If you've never seen an ACL TV taping, our man Tom Gimble used to get folks in. It is a really a great treat. Uh, and if you know... ACL TV they don't book bad bands even just cuz you never heard of them you're going to like the band because it's going to be high end talent with a band like Muna who you saw at uh, South
1: by Southwest a couple years ago. Yeah, they were they were fantastic. I saw them at South Congress Hotel and it was great, but they're uh they're, it's it's definitely worth heading out to that one and and also uh before I before I get off the air, we've got an awesome Texas One Fund event happening tomorrow at the University Co-op and a good chance to meet a bunch of the you know a bunch of the basketball guys who've graduated or are still still playing. Well, you had that
2: last week when Quinn Yours was there and had a big crowd. Yeah, it was, it, it was tonight. a great
1: turnout. So tomorrow from 4:30 to 5:30 at the University Co-op, we've got all the you know all those guys Christian Bishop and Serge Barry and a lot of the a lot of guys from last year. Ty's guy
2: Brock Cunningham will be there. It says here, Dylan Dasu, Tyrese Hunter, all there tomorrow from 4:30 to 5:30 in addition to the live music and guess who's going to be on our show tomorrow? Who's that? Roshan Johnson. Nice. Roshan, who we tried to get yeah. last week. He's going to be on with us. He's got a big camp this weekend. And do you know this? Your guy, Roshan, Buck, today is the last day for the NFL teams to do their 30 visitors, right? They they, they can bring in 30 potential draftees for home visits, essentially, or in-facility visits to right. get to know him face-to-face. Today's the last day of that, and Roshan is in San Francisco. Very nice. The 49ers. He,
1: so, he You guys are going to be blown away
2: by him. He's a special kid. Special guy, you've worked closely with him with your uh, efforts there at the Clarkfield Cooperative. But oh,
0: was some real special for oh, us. He's awesome too. Uh, that was awesome. Morrow, we still
2: get comments on that. Deal. Absolutely. All right. So on the way to the timeout, Ty, just give these tickets away to people that can go. The lines will light up. You're gonna. You can got two. We got two sets of passes to see Muna at TV on the on Monday, and a pair to see Sonny Sweetie at Saxon Pub on the 21st. That's Friday night. Nick, thanks so much for that. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, guys. Nick, enjoy Bo Jackson, and uh, we'll talk about that next week on a Wednesday at 930. Coming right back, Be any on the Horn.
1: Flex ATX, for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the Horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouthguard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement.
2: Speaking of uh, Brain Vault and All Flex, I saw that uh, Dr. Greg Eckert was working with Roshan Johnson on getting him one of those Flex mouthpieces. There you the go. Future. That's a good thing. We love the Brain Vault technology, and it. Uh, Helping reduce concussions for football players and contact sports. Pretty awesome. And by the way, CB, Chris Bennett on Twitter has sent us a video of uh, Bo Jackson at Auburn being chased down by the great Longhorn defensive back, Jerry Gray.
0: And as you see right there, they are lined up in the wishbone, E, which I'm headed to.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're going to, our friend uh, Chip Reeves and the team at Texas Crew yeah. Productions are doing a documentary about the, the wishbone. And you're going to be a part years.
0: of it. 50 years. I'm in the Title IX for 50 years. I'm in the wishbone for 50 years. Yeah, ago. they do
2: great work at Texas crew. They did the the documentary on the Title IX and the Texas women's program, and they're doing this. It'll air on the SEC Network apparently, and others. But uh, doing it for ESPN. It's the 50th anniversary of the advent of the wishbone and how it changed college football. Well, which what about the guy that took all your took all your catches away from
0: you? Oh, don't worry. We didn't. We didn't. We weren't running wishbone at Boston College. No, I was. I was watching. I was watching all of this as it took place, the wishbone. Well, certainly, it
2: started right here in Austin, Texas, and then spread beyond that.
0: Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn. And, of course,
2: at Alabama, Barry Switzer recruited the first black athlete. Yes. Thank you very much, Barry. Uh, but you mentioned Flex because it's the uh, there is no Flex show tonight, by the way, because of UT Baseball. I want to remind you that if you have made a habit of tuning into that, which you should, on Wednesday nights at 7, it'll be UT Baseball tonight with Craig and Ty Harrington on the call of Texas ACU. But somebody texted us and said... Uh, Uh, Bucky, it's Coach Jay Wise here. Can you give me your take on the Frazier kid from Vandergriff who signed to play at Michigan?
0: Big. He's not 6'4". He's 6'6", almost 6'7". Blake
2: Frazier. That happened this week. Blake Frazier is the offensive tackle from Vandergriff. He is committed to play for Jim Harbaugh and those Wolverines.
0: Here they come now.
2: Yeah. Everyone wants to recruit the great state. I believe his family has ties to the Michigan program. And, um, you know, remember Ian Reed was on our All-Flex team a year ago, Mm -hmm. their last season, and we'll – and we're coming up in the spring here, where we're going to start announcing our flex watch list players at every position on the all flex side of things. But uh, would you say just big, big athletic he's kid, a huh?
0: Big athletic kid. I mean, and he moves pretty good for a guy six six. Listed at 6'5",
2: 260 on twenty
0: four seven. I'm making him taller even. He's he's just he's just a baby. So, yes, you
2: know he's only like sixteen years, seventeen years old. He's got time to grow. But uh, yeah, that's uh, appreciate that the all flex. Teams, you know, you know who would have been on our all flex team on baseball back in the day would have been Clayton Kershaw. See him last night, of his course. 200th career win. I'm sure Craig will have some thoughts on that coming up. You know, anytime you see something historic like that, um, you know, a legendary player does a legendary thing. I mean, I, I did not know until we walked in here this morning that Clayton Kershaw is the of the now 200 game winners in the history of baseball. Clayton Kershaw has the best winning percentage at almost 70% wins because he's done 200 wins and 288 decisions, which is almost 70% or 700, which tells you, I mean, he's in rarefied air. That's incredible. Uh, He's one of the greatest regular season pitchers of all time, as Ty would like to tell you. He has not flourished in the postseason, but he's one of the best ever to do it. And he is from Highland Park, Texas. still always have to say that he uh, he has – um, he he played high school ball. Went to the same high school as uh, Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. The brothers, the brothers, they're brothers. Oh, here we go. <laughs> He's like a brother to me. No, they played. High, they they went to high school together at Highland Park. You know, Matthew Stafford and uh, Clayton Kershaw.
0: Rest in peace, Steve Wooster because that is the guy who got me knowing a lot about Texas football. Watching, listening, listening to Texas football and watching it on TV with the Wishbone and Woo Woo was the guy who got me cranked up until Earl and Roosevelt. I wish I, you know Chris Gilbert and the gang at that time, and uh, Ted Coy. But and you know the quarterback guy I remember more than anything, he is not uh, James Street. It was this guy Marty Akins. It was Marty quarter- was after or I think before he was a- James? I think he was a- he was after. Well, Marty Akins is uh... running. Back. He was a he was a quarterback that was the first uh, wishbone quarterback to become an All American. Well, Marty Akins, his daughter is married to Sergio Garcia. Oh, okay.
2: If memory serves. And I believe Marty Akins is Drew Brees' uncle. Really? Am I, I remember him
0: I remember him playing quarterback. Well,
2: Drew Brees, Mar- I, I don't know. So there, Marty Akins has a Drew Brees connection here in Westlake, and uh, Sergio Garcia married Marty
0: Akins' daughter. Interesting. Interesting. That's what got me interested in Texas football. A couple of those names. And Worcester was the main one because of the woo woo. Woo. Woo-hoo-hoo. That used to be the call, man.
2: Hey, listen, uh, somebody said, hey, Ty, any more of those Sydney Sweeney tickets? You give away the Sydney Sweeney tickets?
1: There is still a Sydney Sweeney ticket on the table.
2: Well, let's give it to this guy on the text line, okay? Sydney Sweeney, he texted us. Any meet and greet Sydney Sweeney tickets are still available. Uh, Ty, I'm going to text him and tell him we're getting those tickets, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. We gave away the two spots for the ACL taping with Muna coming up on Monday night at ACL at the Moody Theater. So enjoy that. You know what we're coming up on, Buck. What we got? Tomorrow. Four twenty. Oh, for those people. Four twenty. do oh, they gotta be those people. I'll see y'all down at Reggae Fest, <laughs> baby. <laughs> we are you an yeah, anti dentite now? What are we doing right Come on there? now, Reggae Fest. And somebody Pit said bull on a rope. Sonny Sweeney is the uh, the concert, by the way. Somebody wrote Sydney on the text line I apologize. I do like Sydney Sweeney too though. Who's for that? You? Oh Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, she is on the U four. She's got the, the big chest. <laughs> yeah. Some would say. It says Marty Aikens won the state shot put back in the day. What? Yeah, man. A
0: quarterback?
2: Quarterback. This says Kerf- Kershaw was Matt Stafford's center. They won state that year. Womped Marshall, I believe, in that game. Oh, man. There really? you go. All right. So Zeke uh,
0: was the Cowboys' center.
2: We'll give those passes away. We appreciate uh, all of our guests Nick Shuley, Ty Harrington. Also, Charlie Wilson was with us early telling this history of Onion Creek, our golf course of the month, and our tour of Central Texas golf. It's been a fun show. Everything podcast at hornfm.com.